Welcome to the Beauty Hustle Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the entrepreneurial side of the beauty industry and giving inspiration to you all. Now, here's your host, Robin Johnston. Hi everyone, thanks so much for tuning in again. In this episode, we speak to Rhea Jane, who is an accountant specialising in the beauty sector. We discuss her background and how she became an accountant and why she chose to specialise in beauty. Hope you enjoy. Thanks so much for coming on the show today then, Rhea. Um, Can you just tell us a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name's Rhea Jane and I'm an accountant. I have been an accountant for about 10 years now, but what's different about my practice is that I niche in the beauty industry. So I'd say 95% of my clients are all in the beauty industry. The other 5% are referrals. So if I've got a client, I, you know, they can send me their spouse or family members and things as well. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I'm doing. Um, so when did you start out accounting and what did you do before this? So I actually, my first job was in Burger King. Oh, really? <laughs> and a lot of people at the workshops, when I say that, people don't believe me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do like one tree from one lie and you have to work out. Oh, so yeah. now everyone's going to know the answer. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I left school. I did finish my GCSEs, a bit of a rebel um back then i went to college to study um legal secretary because i actually wanted to go into law that was like my focus i wanted to be a solicitor um and whilst i was at college that's when i'd done the burger king jobs that's what everyone at college was doing so things changed i didn't finish my college course um i had to look for employment because i fell pregnant quite early on i fell pregnant at 18 and I was renting a house and wanted to get a car and everything so I started to look for work um, and I had a job as an office junior at solicitors so I was still in the same kind of area that I wanted to be in but then after I had my son there wasn't an option to increase my hours so I had to then look for other work so that I could afford to pay my rent and things so yeah I was 19 renting a house learning to drive and working full time <laughs> Um, so so that kind of was how it went for for two years um, and then I ended up in an abusive relationship we won't go into too, too much you know detail on that but that's where things started to change and that's where I went into accountancy because I moved to a refuge in a different town and whilst I was at the refuge they offered me some support in like rehousing and what direction I wanted to go in with my career and things and so I thought it'd be a really good opportunity to start over like literally everything and I had a friend who was an accountant before and I really loved the sound of her job and it you know I love working with numbers Um, and I guess it was still a professional role similar to law because there's like tax law involved and stuff and I started to study for accounting and that was 2008 and it just kind of went from there really I was studying for the accounting I was rehoused I was still a single parent at the time um I fell pregnant part way through my second year of accountancy studying as well so I was getting ready to to look after two children um 
and study and then I got scouted sort of headhunted for a job at a company called Deloitte um, which is it's like one of the biggest accountancy firms across the world globally they're one of the top four and that's just really where everything started to kind of spiral spiral in the right direction for me after everything that I'd been through um, and I guess that marks the start of, of my accounting profession and what's got me here today. So a little story behind that. <laughs> um, so what made you choose then to specialise in beauty? Like as you said you're in the niche of beauty. So Yeah so when I was working in my corporate role um, at Deloitte I had a few challenges with the children. My youngest son, I had three children at that point um, and I was married. My youngest son was unwell so he spent a lot of time in hospital he had his first uh, operation when he was about 10 weeks old. And I, I was getting to a point where I was in hospital more than I was at work with, with my son and obviously trying to look after the other children. And I just needed something different that I could do around family. So I actually started training in beauty myself um, with the view to leave the corporate world and set up beauty treatments from home around the children. But then whilst I was doing my courses, you introduce yourself and you have to say like what you do, where you come from. And as soon as I said I was an accountant, everyone was like, oh, how do I do this? And can I take your number? Can you help me set up? And then I just thought, well, you know, I might as well merge the two together and do the accounting and the beauty rather than going completely down the beauty route and doing treatments. I just thought because of the way I fell into accountancy, I didn't want to lose all of that because it's quite a story and it's like my second chance. And I thought if I could make this really work for me, um, niching in beauty is something I was interested in. And it's like a language that I kind of understand. And it's something that I enjoy when I work on client files because it's all beauty related. Um, even seeing the products and things, it just makes it a bit more interesting for me because that's where my passions are. So yeah, that's why I chose the beauty niche. Yeah. I know, <laughs> you do, I know that you do miss doing beauty as well. <laughs> yeah, I do so much. And I've got so many sisters, I can still do treatments, you know, my sisters and my mum. And I do dabble a bit. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, I'm doing some treatments from home, but I'm not very, I'm not a reliable lash artist I'll put my hands up to that but that's because I'm so busy with the accounting yeah. side of it but yeah I've got plenty of friends that we have little girly well I when we're out of lockdown <laughs> have like little girly nights and do treatments and stuff um so I still get a bit of a beauty fix but I kind of just get my beauty fix through my clients at the moment <laughs> Um, so I guess running your own accounting business isn't always where you thought you would be then no I didn't really have a plan as such when I was younger I guess sort of where I came from it was really survival when you know my mum was a single parent she had five of us and she was a full-time stay-at-home mum and my dad lived in another town so I didn't actually have any role models growing up from the business side of things but I knew how to survive. And I think business is very much about survival um, and you have to deal with challenges and you have to innovate and adapt. So I think the life skills that I've got is what helped me with like my business entrepreneurial side. That's a good way to look at it, isn't it? Rather mm. than like, seeing it growing up, like you're 
Um, so how important would you say having an accountant is to, for business owners? Obviously, it's one of the most important things ever. Um, no, but honestly, I do think every business owner, even if you don't sign up for a service with an accountant, you should at least book a call with an accountant. Um, you know, plenty of accountants do free discovery calls, free consultations, and you can work out how to structure your business. Just a few tips that you need early on, because sometimes they can come and, you know, creep up on you later down on the line and cause a lot of problems. Um, I think if you're, if business owners are going to be turning over quite a lot and VAT is going to likely be a problem, definitely get advice. Um, don't wait until you've earned more than 85,000 because it can be a bit of a problem and a big mess to tidy it up afterwards. So yeah, initially, even if you're just having a conversation, even if you haven't started your business yet, you're just thinking about it, just pick up the phone or send an email and just get a little bit of advice that will point you in the right direction instead of um, just going off you know, what you've heard maybe on Facebook or what someone else has advised you because everyone's tax situation is different. It's, it's really about you and your individual situation. Yeah, of course. So for anyone that's maybe then working for themselves at the moment, what sort of advice would you give if they want to branch out? Like, like mm -hmm. look into cash flow, saving money, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think business plans are really, really important. So every business owner should do one. And then what you can do from your business plan is work on your cash flow as well. So essentially, it's just understanding how much cash you've got in the business and when you can make these choices. So when can you afford that larger salon space? When can you afford a new team member? And um, when can you afford to increase your own income or invest in machinery? I'm seeing quite a lot in the salons. So cash flow, I think, is important for all business owners um, at every single point in business as well but even more if you've got a plan to expand so definitely review all your figures um, and just maybe plan ahead three to six months even up to a year but if you don't plan then you're literally just flying blind and you just don't know what's around the corner or what's going to happen like with lockdown that's shown us we, you know no one can plan for this but if you can plan a buffer and using cash flow you can do that you can you can really get through anything yeah uh-huh and I think that's where an accountant comes in more so when, I don't know, I think sometimes people get into business and they then start earning cash and they don't really look after it as much or they don't, mm. sometimes people don't even know roughly what they're actually making. Yeah, I think it's it's about educating people as well because one of the reasons why I thought it was so important to work with the beauty industry is because when I was training, they didn't tell me about setting up a business. I knew because I was an accountant, but they don't tell you to contact HMRC. They don't tell you, tell you to track your income. You know, most courses will tell you to get insurance, but, you know, because normally that's a connected product as well because they know that's important. But because accountancy is its own kind of area, you can't expect beauty academies to be educating people on that. So, you know, I just think that, it's, it's an area that can't be neglected. There's a lot of information on gov.uk, but sometimes it's difficult to find the information that's right for you and your business and your situation or your plans for expansion or your income. But what I also find is being a lash tech myself, when you're lashing back to back all day, sitting down and doing your books, it's the last thing you want to do. Mm. You know, I know how exhausting that is. Sometimes 
finishing at 10 o'clock at night and you're back and your neck and every you know you haven't eaten I, I get it <laughs> yeah. so it is it's just about all the different hats you have to wear as a business owner so whether it's the marketing the accounting the technical side of it you either get people in to do it or you have to set time aside to do it yourself and I think that's you know once you can decide if you've got that Friday afternoon or that one day a month to do your bookkeeping you should be okay but if realistically you're working lashing clients all the time and worrying about some of the posts that are going up and managing your diary then it's it's time to get some help or have a, a team member or an accountant help you with that side of it yeah definitely um so we've touched on it a bit but while in this pandemic time um what would your best advice be for business owners moving forward like implementing mm -hmm. some changes to think yeah I think there's a few different things that business owners can do um firstly for the business owners that have got the grants and the loans and everything cash flow is so important for your business survival especially if you couldn't afford a loan before COVID-19 that's my biggest concern at the moment because there's a lot of money being given out but I just wonder if some of the business owners have thought about the repayments and things like that and I think the bounce back loan, you've got a 12, 12 months until you have to make your first payment. And then if you think about it in 12 months, you'll be right back in your business again. You might even forget the day that the payments start. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just about making sure you go through your cash flow. You plan all those repayment dates, put them in your diary, set a reminder, make sure you're paying attention to it. Um, a lot of people have got tax payment deferrals as well, whether it's on VAT or income tax make sure you set those reminders for when that tax is due or set up a standing order today for the date in January or whenever you're making the payment. Um, just so you don't get caught up with that because that's the last thing you need is for, for all the debt and everything that's happening now to creep up on you in a year, two years time. Um, other than that, I think spend the time now, because obviously the beauty industry isn't servicing clients at the moment we can't do treatments and um, spend the time to really look at your business plan as well and just see what you want for your business for the future I know this time a lot of people are spending it re-evaluating their business so whether it's your business structure some people may have a limited company but they're not on payroll but if you look at the furlough situation it would have been better if they was on payroll because they would have been getting some money now um, so it's just look at your business structure Go over your VAT thresholds as well. So check your income on a 12-month rolling basis to see if you're if you hit that 85,000 at any point. Because some people may have hit it last year but don't realise. So now you've got the time, definitely go back and review that. Um, and also another thing that I'm working on with business owners at the moment is to streamline the bookkeeping processes. Mm -hmm. So to really think about. Um, their app stack so you know using QuickBooks or Receipt Bank some of the things that are going to help automate your processes so that you don't fall behind when you're back being busy with clients again so it's all about looking at the options available to save you money and save you time and to make sure you don't get caught out with, with taxes and things. Mm -hmm. I know because I think people may be struggling now but if they leave it all and that's more debt added you can just see how it could go can't you? Yeah, especially if you haven't been planning for it. Um, if you've got a cash flow for the next 12 months or however long the loan is, at least you kind of know roughly that you're going to stay afloat or you can 
factor in like a buffer of say I don't know a thousand two thousand pounds or three months worth of income that to cover all your outgoings during that time if you was to shut down again um yeah I think if you don't do that now it's just it would say all of this has been done in vain really like it's like no what you haven't learned anything from from this situation if you haven't made even just one simple change in your accounting processes or at least reviewed your business and even the most organized people will will find one thing that they could improve on you know there's always something that we can improve on every day I, I work with a mentor to to help me on the things that I can improve on do you know what I mean so just yeah really review things get to know your numbers um, and streamline your processes mm -hmm. yeah that's good advice Thank you. Um, <laughs> so do you believe in a positive mindset and is that something you practice and you think it helps with success in business oh yes definitely um when i had all those issues before i left deloitte my mental health was really impacted i actually had i think it was about six months off work um due to my mental health because I was struggling with the hospital. I was just emotional all the time. And at, at one point I couldn't even leave my sofa. Like luckily I've got my husband who, who helps me a lot now. Um, he'd have, he'd come home from work and then have to do the school run and things because I just couldn't move. So, <clears throat> excuse me, mental health for me is, it's, it's all about having a positive mindset and a positive outlook. I'd done some CBT therapy, so that's really helped me with changing that negative voice in your head and all of that really helps in business as well because you, you you're going to get things wrong sometimes in business whether it's upsetting a client investing too much money and things you know going belly up or just making a simple mistake even sending out a post and there's a spelling mistake in it you know anything at all all of those things can trigger you but you just need to keep positive and focused otherwise you just can't move forward so i just try and learn from every experience and mm -hmm. um, the good and the bad and i just think every day you get to start over again so if you have a rough day you know you literally just have to forget about it and start fresh the next day or just think about some action points that you can do to make things better um, but I, I do struggle still because I'm like my own worst critic all the time. I'm thinking, really, you should have done that better. You shouldn't have said this. You shouldn't have said that. But you just got to dust yourself off and keep moving. And if you do find yourself consumed with negative thoughts, feeling upset all the time, like every, you know, every so often is fine. It's natural. But if it's becoming every day and it's turning into days, into weeks, into months, then I'm a big fan of reaching out and getting support, whether that's emotional support, talking therapy, speaking to your friends. Um, even if you have to go down the medical, you know, medication route, I just think, yeah, just definitely be aware of how you're feeling um, and just be kind to yourself, literally. Like we're all, we're all human. And I think, there's a danger these days on social media that everyone sees everyone doing so well and so successful and people naturally want to post about all their happy times because they're excited and want to share. But then the people aren't seeing, you know, some of the people who follow me might not have known half the things that I've probably spoken about today. Do you know what I mean? But it's just about knowing you're not alone and everyone has a down day, but you just have to keep going. 
Yeah, definitely. Would um, you would you say that that therapy was it C CBT? I think it's cognitive behavioural therapy. Uh, um, I've read some things about that before, but I've not looked properly into it. Yeah, for me, it was one of the only things that I'd say really worked. And I've had medication. Um, I've needed I needed medication for many many years. Um, I only came off I'd probably say about four years ago, um, but I've had counselling as well and I've walked in and because of everything that happened in my life, I could tell from the look on the counsellor's face, it was just like they didn't even know where to start. So sometimes people can feel like that's not the right thing for them and sometimes you just need someone who's been through what you've been through to, yeah. to talk to. So then when I done... Um, the online CBT it was on my own terms so I done it in my own time Deloitte my employer actually let me do the course through them it was part of their employee package the support yeah. um, and I actually used it with my son as well when he was struggling so I think CBT is a really good thing and it's it's so simple like it's simple things like book an hour in your diary to do your nails you know and make sure you do it or book an hour to have a nice long bubble bath or read a book or go for a walk and it kind of you set these tasks as homework and and you'd commit to them and you do them and it can change from one task a week to two tasks to three tasks and then it's also about being aware of the negative voice with CBT so if you start saying oh I'm rubbish at this you know change it around and say oh didn't do very well at that but I've learned how to do it better for next time you know so I really I do believe in CBT and it, it helps me in a lot a lot of things yeah it's interesting it's interesting how they can do that it's good yeah it feels when you're doing it it kind of feels a bit not silly but you think oh this is so basic like obviously I'm not going to listen to the negative voice but it's not obvious at all because uh -huh. we all do it you could go for a whole day saying, oh, I wish I didn't do that or, you know, talking yourself down. Yeah. Um, simple things like when someone says you look nice, you say, oh, it's only an old, an old thing. You know, every day with, yeah, you just need to be really aware. All of us is like that. Like, I don't know if it's a UK thing. I don't know. But I think we all don't like a compliment or you don't like I know. To yourself. I don't know. I know. But it's just all you need to do. It's just about learning to accept the compliments and accept all the, the positive things and just even just saying thanks thank you that's it you've yeah. you've owned that compliment and that's made you feel well but the second you say oh it's just an old an old thing you haven't even acknowledged that that someone said something to make you feel good and you haven't accepted it so yeah I do think positive um thinking can take you very far whether that's you know professionally or personally it's really really important mm -hmm. Um, so do you like to set um, yourself goals in your career to achieve? I do. I, I always set goals. So most of mine are academic goals because I have to do lots of exams and things um, as part of, of my career. Well, or I choose to do them. I haven't stopped yet because <laughs> I want to become more advanced and a bit more technical. Um, so I have got some educational goals that I want to achieve. Um, I'm partway through my degree as well, business management degree that had to kind of put on hold when things went bad for me a few years ago. Um, so that's one of my goals to finish that. And then I guess when it comes to the business, I would like to have a bigger team 
so my goal is to have a team um, and just be happy yeah. like I don't um I don't really have material goals you know like I'm quite happy with my house we bought a house a few years ago and my husband would love a bigger house <laughs> he wants to build a house but I'm quite happy with what I've got I just want to to be happy and that's it and have no stress so whether that means having a business that's that's managed really well with a really good team then then I guess that's my ultimate professional goal um, and just to continue some of the work I do quite a lot of voluntary work as well so to continue some of that yeah. and to give back because I was living in the refuge and charities helped me so that's another personal goal of mine yeah I know I, I know that um you're linked to behind the mask as well I've done that training online so that's oh it's awesome isn't it uh-huh it's so good yeah I think during this time everyone should probably do that training yeah, uh-huh. um sadly the statistics are going up during lockdown as well so you need to prepare yourself when you go back to treating clients you don't know what conversations you're going to be having if they've been locked up with an abusive partner mm-hmm. you might be that first person that they they actually speak to after lockdown so yeah it's definitely worthwhile yeah definitely and it's only it's so short as well it's only like 20 minutes online when we're all in lockdown I think it is a good thing to do and it just it, yeah. it does um I, I, I learned so much just about just how to speak to clients. I think like sometimes when you speak to clients and you're so close to them that they do tell you things, mm. maybe not things that you would pick up on at, at, at the start. I don't yeah. know. And then sometimes your reaction is as if you're just like with the girls sometimes I think and I'm just like, oh, why are you with him? Or, and it just like that's mm. like little trigger things that just makes them yeah. know, close up. And it's just about yeah and and it's a lot of people do that and it's hard because it's the natural thing to do because you wouldn't know otherwise unless you'd been in that situation you wouldn't know how difficult it it is to leave or unless you've done the training you wouldn't know how difficult it is to leave so yeah it's really really important and it does help you like you'll always remember that training now you know for however long and it will stay with you forever so even it's not just in your line of work you come across that with anyone that you meet so yeah super important definitely yeah um so where do you see yourself in 10 years time then oh in 10 years time happy yeah having a nice comfortable life no stress out of lockdown (laughs) Um, lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) so in 10 years I want to be fully finished any studying at all. So I keep starting new courses um, and I keep finding technical areas, whether it's VAT or areas I want to specialise in. But hopefully by then, well, in the next three years, I want all of that studying to be behind me um, and just the business to be taken over nicely. I've got clients up and down the UK which is really really cool at the moment um we are an online practice I've got one office an office space but I'd like to maybe have a high street office you know with a shop front kind of thing that people can come in but that would be later Mm -hmm. down the line yeah that sounds good good 
two last questions to end on then. Um, so what's your best or most worthwhile investment you've made? This sounds really, really um, selfish, but the investments that I've made in myself, literally. So the studying, the time, you know, that I've sacrificed. I've, my son was two, two and a half when I first started studying. And at the time, financial reasons, living in the refuge and things, we sacrificed, we didn't have the car, so I'd be getting the bus to college and dropping him at nursery, getting the bus back, we'd be in late. I'd, as soon as we got home, he'd have to go to bed. And that to me is like a real big sacrifice, but also an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with my second son, I've, I've done it all the way through, all, of, all three of my children's lives. So for me, rather than seeing that as a sacrifice, I like to see that as an investment into myself so that I can then obviously have the business that I've got and the boys can have the life that they that they've got so yeah that's that's the um best investment I've made and still making I've literally okay. just signed up for my last lot of exams that have cost quite a lot mm-hmm. money yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good <laughs> um so in the last five years then what's a new habit or belief that has improved your life I think I don't know if this is a belief but the change in mindset for me I don't know if it's because of my the trauma from my experiences before but I had a real victim mindset um like it was just anything that went wrong I just I don't know even if it was going to college or something and and I was late and a teacher told me off at the time like I'd be like, well, it's not my fault. And I just feel like you're always attacking me. And I had to drop my son to, to nursery and things like that. I was very much on the defensive all the time. Um, and, and now I've kind of grown a bit and, and worked on myself. I can say that. And I noticed that from before. So I guess it's just knowing that just having a positive outlook on life overall and not taking things so personally. So it's not really a belief as such, but it's just something in business I think is really important as well because there's things that can set you off track, whether it's, I don't know, if a customer's not happy or if you have a B2B like business relationship and that breaks down or if someone goes behind you kind of back and does something that you didn't expect them to do. All of these things can really, really impact you and kind of distract you and set you off track. So I just think having a positive mindset and just not taking things so personal all the time, being a bit more objective. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that comes with like looking after yourself as well. So I believe that I need a bit more sleep, but I have <laughs> I haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's good. Though. That is good. Um, so for anyone then um, maybe wanting to get in touch about accountants or whatever, what is your um, social media? Yeah, so it's Ria Jane, R-I-A-J-A-I-N-E, um, and on Instagram it's Ria Jane Accounting for Beauty, um, anywhere else it's Ria Jane Accounts, so whether that's Facebook or my website, riajaneaccounts.co.uk. Um, if anyone wants to phone as well, I'm quite happy, numbers 07585 909 305, so text, WhatsApp, anything at all, um, get in touch. <laughs> Well, thanks again for coming on the show today. That's been good. Oh, thank you for having me.